Switching to Geico is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, Geico makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, Geico has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to Geico. It's obviously a good idea. Hey, What the Suck family. As you may have noticed, we recently switched to Anchor for our podcast hosting needs. That's right. We were using another site that had us paying 20 bucks a month for services such as unlimited uploading, unlimited hosting, and distribution. Anchor will distribute your podcast to Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, and many more, and they do it all for free. They make it super easy to create and start your podcast directly from their site. You can record and edit directly on the Anchor website or app directly from your phone. It's your one-stop shop for everything you need to create your own show. They will even help you find sponsors to fund your project. Just go to anchor.fm and get started today. There really is no easier way to do it. This is What the Suck Podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm James. And we are going to be watching some pretty crappy films. The worst. Oh, yeah. And uh, reviewing them and making some recommendations. The goal here is not to deter you from watching them, but just to let you know which ones are the worst of the worst or the best of the worst, if you would so want to call them. Yes, absolutely. We are. It is not our intention to run you off. We actually encourage you to watch the films that we will be reviewing. Enjoy them with your friends and family. Get a good laugh out of them. Heck, even get drunk and play drinking games with them, whatever you can think of. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And so uh, we'll let you know which ones are good to watch with friends, which ones are good to watch alone, which ones are good to watch over and over. Uh, and we'll be using our own particular scale of shit emojis. That's right. The shit scale, the suck scale. We're going to we'll be rating movies from one to five shits. <laughs> So what's that. a one? What is a one bad? A one is actually the best you can get for the horror movies. A one is good. So we're reversing the, the scale. More, we are reversing the scale. The more turds, the worse it is. Okay, so five it would be something a, a, a monstrous, a, a big giant pile of a shit. Big, giant pile of shit. <laughs> that is one big pile of shit. Okay. And so today's movie for the first episode is Scary or Die. It's a 2012 anthology horror film. That was distributed by Phase 4 Films and produced by Canal Street Filmed. It was helmed by three directors, Bob Badway, Michael Emanuel, and Igor Meglick. 
Uh, it stars Corbin Blue of High School Musical fame and Bill Obers Jr. and consists of four and a half short films wrapped around a connecting story involving an unseen person selecting these short films off of a website called scaryordie.com. Uh, the start has someone off screen selecting all the films and as the films progress the all you see is the hand and the hands become more and more decrepit as the shorts or as the movie goes along i should say uh now james pointed out something pretty interesting with regards to the amazon synopsis you want to Yes, we need to definitely go over that. If you do watch it on Amazon, the uh, synopsis of the movie is completely wrong. I'm oh, sorry yeah. to say. But it does say, it says verbatim, five complete strangers attempt to escape a gruesome demise by a clown that feeds upon human flesh. It's so wrong. It is very wrong. So uh, just uh, warning you in advance. It is not just a killer clown movie. There are many more parts to it. The clown is just one segment. It's the longest of the segments. It is. That is true. At the end of the movie. Yeah, almost at the end. And then there's a small short after that. But we will be covering them one at a time. Hope you enjoy our uh, reviews. And this is the first of many we hope to be doing. So... And I don't know about you, but I personally love anthology films. Yes. I love horror anthologies. They're among my favorite, partially because it doesn't matter how crappy they are. You don't have to get too invested in the characters because they're only going to be there for 10, 15 minutes and you go to a whole new set. That is correct. Kill them off and go to the next one. Go to the next one. And it gives each writer, (laughs) director, screenwriter an opportunity to tell his particular story um, and then you get to see, and I, I also like to see how the wraparound connects to all the films. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But I love seeing, you know, different short stories take place in this quote-unquote same universe. Of absolutely, film, so. absolutely. And it gives the short story writers a chance to shine because a lot of them do not write material that you would be able to extend into a full feature film. Right, so it's right. kind of good to give them a shot at it too because shorts are a big part of the film industry. Yeah. Whether I mean, they suck or not. Or suck or not, know. yeah. Some of these some of these are even stretching it at the time limit that they that they have made them into. They could have been cut down a lot shorter to save on uh, unnecessary parts. But pretty much so so we're uh, getting ready to start with the first one and uh, let's we'll see what you think. Rock and roll. Rock and roll.
Part one, the crossing. Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know what to say about this one. Um, Stereotypical. I mean, it's got some humor to it, but it's stereotypical. Basically, what you got here is the hills have eyes meet the Beverly Hillbillies. So it's a little off key. It's a little weird. Uh, It's not even the good hillbillies, too. The really stupid ones you always see in the background. Uh, You got a half-decent-looking girl with two radiologically fucked-up rednecks. I mean, I don't even know what you could say, but uh, how do you even describe what these two clowns are like? Um, Well, one of them looks like David Spade on meth. That's true. And the other one looks like David Spade's dad on meth. (laughs) (laughs) And and the girlfriend-slash-sister looks like she's... The girlfriend slash sister. Yeah, that's that's not too good. So, uh, what what is it that they're doing? Well, it starts off with these jokers in a store, uh, obviously racial, talking shit. And another thing you might want to know is the audio in this segment is not that good in parts. So you want to turn the volume up a little bit. Oh on yeah, we had it up pretty loud. We still couldn't hear certain parts. Couldn't of hear it. jack. Bad audio uh, design. And these guys are basically, you know, you kind of get them figured out, redneck. You're not sure what exactly they're up to, but it doesn't take long to realize when you see them heading to the border what's going to happen. Drinking, like, piss moonshine out of No, it wasn't in a pickle jar. It was a damn peanut butter. It was a Google jar, Google jar with that peanut butter. Peanut butter jelly combo. Peanut butter jelly mix. Yeah, they're they're not classy enough for pickle jars, I guess. And it was something that looked like antifreeze. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Anyway, these jokers are heading to the border. Uh, I don't want to just give the whole thing away, but basically it's a typical story. You go into a squatter area, clothing, miscellaneous items scattered about. Uh, and you actually notice graves in the uh-huh, area. Uh-huh. And that's a little off-putting, but then you soon realize what these guys are up to when they reveal the fact that they've actually got two a Mexican nationals uh, in the back of their pickup truck under a rug. So they waste no time in dispatching these two gentlemen, uh, which in turn sets off a series of events which leads to what can only be described? <laughs> I don't know how to say this. I saw Seriously. a uh, I saw a uh, review on another site, and someone described this segment as "Daywalkers of the Dead." <laughs> yeah. No, I take it back. I'm sorry. Day workers. Day ah, workers of the dead. Day workers. Day of workers the dead. of the dead. Yeah. Okay, so you put two and two together. You don't have to. Uh, think too hard about it you got two redneck white boys down on the border and a bunch of zombie mexican Mexican zombies zexicans i guess so zombies Uh, (laughs) his bombies maybe something but yeah Yeah. Um, emerge from the dirt dispatching our two great gentlemen and actually, I have to admit, the gore in this particular section was fairly well done. I actually well, it liked so. it was, uh, you know, when they when they killed those guys and then when they were being basically devoured, that was yeah. uh, that was pretty good. I yeah. didn't mind the, uh, you know, the fake screams, you know, and he wasn't moving his arms at all. He's just laying there letting his legs being ripped apart. Yeah. Not, you know, he wasn't using his hands. Yeah. You'll notice stuff like that. They basically lay there and take it. Yeah, and you're like, uh, yeah. The practical so. effects were pretty good. The, um, I think the script was pretty terrible. Like, I don't know, 
I haven't looked up what uh, the ethnic backgrounds of the directors are or even the screenwriters, but it's like they don't know what Arizona hillbilly rednecks are like, so it's just a general Problem is, I've, yeah, I've lived in Arizona, and they don't act like that. These particular hillbillies are ones you're going to find in South you know, South Swamp, Mississippi kind yeah. of rednecks. They're more yeah, of the, that, that's what they're they more hillbilly like. yeah. type. You know, not really redneck no, boys. These are more... These are types. Yeah. Um, I felt like they, I don't know, they just, they didn't really have a lot to work with. I don't know why they even decided to start with this particular short. Because, you know, normally you want to start with one of your stronger ones to get people hooked in. Yeah. And if we were to base the rest of the movie on this one beginning short, I would say fucking skip it. (laughs) Skip the whole movie. Because this, this short did not inspire any confidence in me to watch the rest of the movie. Yeah, I had to question their writing on this one. This was pretty bad. Uh, Like I said, very stereotypical uh, racial uh, overtones, obviously. But I guess you have to do that to make it work. So we Uh, noticed something when we were watching it. Um... So you notice that the beginning, when the, the person at the beginning is on the mouse and the computer, that the person's hands are actually not decrepit. Yeah. They're actually normal looking. And then when that segment ends and we go back to the computer, her hand is a little it looks more like bloody, a little actually. more. Yeah. It looks like yeah. there's like blood splatters or yeah. something like that. So. And then we saw the... Uh, black lady in the car at the gas station which Mm -hmm. is the one that you will see later in the movie which on my yeah on my preview I did not actually make that connection so yeah so if if we had to base let's use the title of the movie if we had to base this short as scary or die what would you rate it (laughs) I'd say fucking die I say dead (laughs) been dead smell like shit yeah I would agree no good no so, okay, so we're going to go ahead and go on to the next one. God help us. Okay, so segment two is Tenshong's Lament. Uh, basically, a widower spends his nights wandering around mourning his wife, being haunted by her ghosts, and looking for anybody who looks just like her. Uh, he comes across a woman who looks at him, so I guess that means consent i don't know i mean mean, it just looks at her like oh she looked at me okay but it's just she just happens to get kidnapped right after she looks at him and uh as he goes to help he tracks the guy down and is able to knock him out and save her and she's eternally grateful and and uh so she invites him to come over to her place tomorrow and when he gets there he uh turns out she's a vampire and she lives in a coven of vampires and the guy shows back up right as he's bit and it turns out the guy is Van Helsing. That's pretty awesome. What a twist. Uh, that's twist. That's um, right. Yeah, so what do you think about this one, James? Well, actually, I actually at first, uh, until I got another viewing at it and paid a little more attention to some of the smaller details that I'd missed, uh thought he was more of a perv. I was like, what the hell's wrong with this Someone guy? Tell Taishon. Yeah, Taishon. Okay. He's following these guys, you know, following these ladies around and stuff like that, and he just looked like a damn creeper, you know? I so, mean, he's like staring intently at him, so yeah, yeah he can yeah. definitely... So, but uh, I was pleasantly surprised with this segment. Uh, I was uh, initially disappointed at first, but then it started to pick up, and it made a little more sense. 
it didn't strike me so much as a quote unquote horror movie right, for most right. of it. Uh, but it was more like a just a broken hearted dude roaming around and stuff like this, and he does the good deed, saves the girl's life, which going back to the fact that you uh, referred to the vampires and stuff like that, mm-hmm. why did these two women haul ass instead of trying to help her? Yeah, yeah. So that's one thing I didn't mention. So when she she's with two other of her friends, and when Van Helsing shows up to kidnap her using what looks like it could be chloroform, but does like you had mentioned, does chloroform work on vampires? So maybe it's some some silver lace chloroform. Yep. But when he does that, her two friends just like haul ass and take off. Like what they the do. hell? Yeah, they just left her hanging, man. So I was like, really? Yeah. Okay. That's so that throw. I guess they use that as a as a move to kind of throw you off the path. So yeah, but it does it doesn't make sense though? Because if you're three vampires, you think you could. You know, at least I mean, because Van Helsing in this short was kind of old. Yeah. So you think the three young vampire vampiresses could at could least, do something? Yeah. At least get her away from him and t- and take off with her. Yeah, but yeah, that that was one uh, one thing I was I was like uh, that kind of threw me off. I'm like, that's I guess there's no honor among vampires. I suppose, man. They just haul ass, but then they show up at the end, though, don't they? Yeah, they just... yeah, yeah. They show they show up after he saved her and yeah. brought her back to her apartment. Then they come running up. And they come running out. Like, hey, what's going on? Come yeah. on, let's go. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. That was that was kind of a weak plot point um, as far as that. I mean, and, and and the thing is, most of the short is done without. Most of the short is done without. What word? There's no dialogue. Thank you. Most of the short is no. done without dialogue. So, you know, you, you're you're given images of his dead wife coming to him, and so you, you're 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 basically filling in the plot with what you see, and so we have no idea, you know, what uh, mythology these vampires. I mean, they're all Korean Americans. Yeah. Well. Actually, the girl he saves, he, she says that she can be deported back to Pyongyang. So she's not yep. Korean-American. She's Korean. Yeah. But from what we've seen, they're using the European mythology of vampires. I mean, I don't think the Koreans' uh, mythology is that close to European. No, but it's probably just a plot twist to throw everybody off. But like no, I said, this shitty one here, plot twist. it was pretty shitty. Yeah. And it, was, and it, it, it wasn't... Uh, quote unquote obvious at first what this whole thing was about. No, you know? true. so it was a it was a complete surprise. But unfortunately, when it got to the good part, what happened, Duck? Oh, they <laughs> so they you see the dude come up and he opens his bag. You see the wooden stakes, the garlic cloves, and then he closes his bag and it shows a shot of the front of the bag and it says Van Helsing on it. Dun, dun, and then dun. it starts to fade to black as you hear the screams of the girls in the background. You don't see any of the attack or any of the fight with him and the vampires. It's like it leaves the best part out. Which is another point real quick I'll hash back on. There was another thing I picked up on after it was, uh, after I had observed closer was the fact that the bodies that were strewn about that I had no idea how the hell they got that way uh, had the wooden stakes in their chest. I had no idea. I completely missed that first time around. You're referring so to the the door lady and the, the door bell lady boy. and the bellboy and all yeah. that. Yeah, I I had no idea. I didn't even pick up on that the first time. I just thought somebody crazy in the building. I had no idea. Right, right. So it yeah. is kind of a pleasant surprise, but it won't be to anybody that listens to this. No, I mean I, I feel like this. <laughs> no, not at all. I, I feel like this is like the plot wise, this is the weakest of 
all of the shorts. Yeah. Um, but I was telling you, I do enjoy the fact that for the most part, that most of it is, um, you know, uh, there's no dialogue in it. So, yeah. you know, everything is being, you know, portrayed through a person's emotions and, and, and facial mannerisms and body language. And, and that's yeah. not easy to do. No, it's not. And Even plus, in a, uh, uh, a major motion picture. Yeah, that's very true. And the fact that it was a major downshift from the colossal... Oh my uh, gosh! Monstrosity of the first segment. Oh, but we still saw our, our we still saw our share of stereotyping in this one. Oh, of when, course. When he when he tracks the car down, he gets there. It's it's abandoned. And all of a sudden, there's these thugs that show up, and they're the typical stereotypical thugs with like the hat turned sideways. One one guy had a peg leg though, or something. I was like, what the hell? That's <laughs> yeah, brother with a gun had a had a, uh, had steel, a leg. steel leg. Steel yeah, leg. Yeah, that was. I mean, that's different. But yeah, he was. Yeah. And you know, of course, he did the very typical "What you looking at, man?" You know, type of thing. It's like, come on, man. They don't. We don't all talk like that. So no, don't. Um, yeah. Otherwise, so uh, this one, scary or die. For me, this one's a die. A die. Yeah. Uh, due to the fact that the lack of. It was too much, uh, too much brooding. Not enough, not enough killing. Mm. Yeah, it was very sad. It was it, neither one of these shorts have been at all scary. So no, far. no. And with this one, I think I'm gonna kind of throw a monkey wrench. I'm gonna go with or or because it's not scary. <laughs> it's not as bad as the last one though, so I don't want it to die. But it's 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 an or. Yeah. Either take it or leave it. You can yep. you can skip it or not, but it was definitely one. It was not scary at all, for sure. No. So, all right. So, let's go on to the next one. Third segment is called Remembered. Not quite as god-awful as the other two, really. Uh, one of the stories, this is one of the stories in the actual movie, to me, that's actually more believable because of its premise and what the actions are and stuff like this. What you get as a guy... Uh, you know, it's one of these flashback scenes. You know, it starts with a scene, then all uh-huh. of a sudden you jump back, you know, to an earlier time. There's no description, but you you know, if you're smart enough to figure that out, you know, it it it's real easy to figure out. My problem uh, with that is that normally the when they do a flashback and then they jump back, they jump back twelve, twenty four hours, three days. This jump back to about two hours ago. Yeah. Why the hell did you need to flash back to two hours ago? Yeah, it wasn't really necessary. Like no. you said, they could have picked it up, as you said, yeah, in, in the hotel when the guy's already working on it and chopping the dude into shreds. Yeah. Uh, so basically what this uh, what this is about, it's mob hitman. Uh, he's like either a dirty... It's it, the, the, the synopsis says he's a dirty cop, but... There's no evidence of him being a police officer in his whole no, thing. I, I think, that, again, so, the synopsis is wrong. It's very wrong. This allows, you know, you'll have to take all that with a grain of salt. But basically what it is, this guy's hired apparently to chop this guy up and get rid of the body or whatever. But apparently, at some point, he has a get-out-of-death-free card, uh, which is symbolized by this green, looks like a demonic symbol. or Like a necklace, sa- yeah. Satanic mm-hmm. symbol necklace card that the guy has on the table. He chops him up, and he's stupid enough to put it in a bag with the guy. So it's like, <laughs> why would you do that? You know, but then again, if you don't do it, there's no movie, right? Right. Uh, so I guess it just lends, you know, the story lends a suggestion that if you chop people up and carry them in a duffel bag, you put a lock on it, you know, you just put a lock on it and you keep them locked up. Hey, great, no problem. Dead guy can't get at you, you know. 
Better yet, like if I was you know, this guy, I would have breaking bad that shit and put him in a tub and with some chemicals and yeah. melted him, you know, or at least bury the parts hundreds of miles away from each other. Yeah, yeah. Because it turns out, like I said, at the end, a dude, of course, predictably, goes T-1000 and mysteriously reassembles himself using his get-out-of-death-free card. It doesn't show any of this, obviously. All off-screen. <laughs> All off-screen. Shows up in the car. Guy takes his eye off him. He disappears. And then what happens, Duck? He has a shitty jump scare where he gets back in the car and he, it focuses on him and he very slowly looks over to the passenger seat and you can see his eyes get all big and you're like, gee, I wonder what's going to be in the passenger seat. And sure <laughs> enough, he's in the passenger seat and he he looks at him and he gets out of the car and he looks back in and then he's gone out of the front seat and he's just sitting there or standing there staring at his seat and all of a sudden it gets real quiet and another precursor to a jump scare and the guy appears behind him grabs him puts his hand over his mouth and in a series of very shitty close-up scenes he he <laughs> proceeds to chop his head off which again is done off camera with a fine tooth hacksaw yeah with a fine tooth hacksaw. so it took a while so the guy just sat there wide-eyed didn't scream yeah didn't fight back guess you can't the windpipes are cut you know i mean and but it didn't take that long because according to the movie it took him like maybe five or six cuts and then plop you hear the body fall yeah and you know very predictably of course bodies in the trunk you hear you're knocking and stuff like that on the yeah, trunk. So yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, okay, right. Very, uh, quote-unquote, predictable, I guess predictable. you could say. Yeah, and again, yeah. it wasn't even scary. And and you, you knew kind of where it was going. I mean, because the, the whole intro, which was like it flashback or whatever, the whole intro... Like it started with him hearing thumps coming from the trunk, so you know where it was going to go. Of course, yeah, of course, that's typical. Uh, so duck on this one, what do you give it? You scary or die on this oh, one? Oh, die, just die, die. just die. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the acting was good. Uh, the guy who played the hitman, he did a really good job. I mean, he didn't have a lot of dialogue either, but uh, he was a pretty uh pretty good hit man and, and believable and what he was doing uh, the sound design was awful you know as, as we were oh, talking yeah. about the the whole sound of him cutting the body up in the tub sounded just like he was doing it underwater it sounded at imart express you'll start the school year right by saving on glasses for classes for 79 bucks get two pairs of glasses with kid safe polycarbonate lenses and a free one-year frame warranty that covers any breaks bends or bumps with the frame meaning these glasses won't get in the way of your kids day don't let the bell ring before you get a chance to shop and save a 200 dollars value all for 79 bucks imart express right glasses right price right now that sound is every driver's worst fear how much will the repairs cost is it your engine your transmission or worse a car breakdown could cost you thousands to repair, but not if you have CarShield. CarShield administrators pay your claims directly to the mechanic or dealer of your choice, saving you time and money. Call CarShield today before your next breakdown. Call 800-426-1952. That's 800-426-1952. Really, really muffles. Real bad. 
Yep. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, this is one that I think you can probably skip. What about yeah, you? Yeah, it just seemed more like a crime drama to me than it did a horror movie, so to say. Yeah. Uh, so for me, I'm going to give that one a die, too, because this well. really wasn't scary. No. It was predictable. No. It was no. a little cool. It wasn't no. bad. It wasn't too but bad. But it no. wasn't like, ah, you know, it wasn't scary as hell kind no. of thing. No. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm beginning to think they should have called this movie instead of "Scary or Die." They should have called it "All Off Screen." <laughs> all the good shit takes place off screen. So That's far. it. So all right, so now we are moving on to the next section, the main event for the night. Wow. Yeah. That's all I gotta say is wow. So we just watched the fourth segment, the main attraction. The piece de resistance. <laughs> the piece de shit. Clown. Clown. The yeah. Stop clowning, man. <laughs> is this, this movie needs to stop clowning. Hey, man. Dope dealer turned flesh-eating clown. How can you uh, beat so that one? This is the whole reason for this film. This, this is who you see on the cover. Yep. The cover art. It's uh, Fucko the Clown. So... <laughs> And that is his name. That is his name. F-U-C-K-O. Uh, so basically, stars Emmett, who's a drug dealer, who is also a big brother. And he is out with his brother and his girl at the beach. They get home, and his mom is preparing decorations for his brother's birthday party tomorrow. So then the next day, the mother comes up to Emmett saying, Look, one of the kids from the party's missing. I need you to go pay the clown so we can go look for him so he goes into the kitchen to find the clown in his fridge when he asks him to get out the clown drops a finger on the floor which nobody notices nope and proceeds to act like a mime more than a clown and Emmett kicks him out there's a very terrible struggle that ensues at which point the clown bites him in the leg but he but you forgot, bro. Go back. He drank from the carton, man. You don't drink, drink from, from the, the carton. carton. Okay, he <laughs> drank from the carton. That's right. Number one rule, do not drink from a carton. Just pull it out and smooth drank his milk out the carton right in front of him, man. That was just, no. Yeah, so he drank from the carton, which prompted him to kick him out of the house. Uh, a little struggle ensued, and then for whatever reason, he decided to bite Emmett on the leg. And then, as you so eloquently put it, he... Pirouetted off or balleted off. Balleted his ass down the street. Down the street. And nobody Didn't chased run. after him. Nobody yeah, went no. after him. Nope, took just let him go. Took his sweet ass time going down the street. So then Emmett uh, starts displaying symptoms of, I don't know, what is it, clown gonorrhea? He clown, starts, yeah. His skin starts developing white patches. His, uh, his eyes develop red patches. And... He decides he needs to go find this clown to yep. find a cure. And I guess. He, yeah. <laughs> I guess that's what his point was. I don't know what the hell he yeah, thought he was going to do when he his ass. Clown. I don't yes. know. But the weirdest, one of the weirdest parts is when he gets dressed, he, I guess by just, not by choice, but more of just instinct, he puts on a pair of blue plaid pants, which, what the hell are those doing in his closet anyway? I don't know. What sort of respectable drug dealer in L.A. has a pair of blue plaid pants? Yeah, I don't know. 
So he puts those on, and then he finds that none of his shoes fit. His his feet have grown quite large. <laughs> so he then goes into his mother's room for whatever reason and finds the clowniest shirt he can find to put on, and he looks more like a wannabe drag queen than a clown. Pretty much, yeah. It's pretty pathetic. Um, yeah. But the clothing choice is obvious for what reason. Right. It's very obvious right. as to why he chose these particular items uh, to give him the look because he basically knew where this was heading. So. Right, right. So then he disappears to go find the clown. There's this long montage with very, very sad violin music of him trying to find him, the clown, the, the police talking to the mother and girlfriend, and at some point, he, for some reason, decides to cover himself in plastic trash bags. <laughs> Not sure Yeah, why. there wasn't no real lead into that. He just decided no. he was going to just wrap himself in bags and claws and rags and just... And duct tape bags on his feet in the shape of clown shoes. What the fuck was that? I have no idea. So then he just happens to find a burlap sack in the trash, cuts eye holes, puts it over his head, a la Friday the 13th Part 2. Yep. And proceeds to continue looking for the clown. He finds the clown eventually, but not until the clown has kidnapped his little brother, take him into the woods to eat him. Yeah, I guess you could say that. Uh, he finds the it. There's, there's a very another very bad fight scene. Um, oh, let's talk about that reveal of his face. What oh, do you think of that? The face reveal was ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it was a it was uh, it was comical. Has a little bit of scare to it. If you don't like clowns, it might get you a little bit. But for the most part, it was pretty stupid. Oh, I laughed my ass off. The lips were enormous. I mean, just the I, look of it was meant to be scary. Yeah, but oh, yeah. I, that That's the most I've ever laughed at a clown. And yeah, I don't think I was, that was meant to be intentional. <laughs> well, the funny thing about it is of all the segments uh, of this movie, this is the one I actually enjoyed the most. Okay. It did have some good creep factor in some spots. Um I especially liked the opening scene with the pier. Like I said, when the ball goes yeah. under the pier, yeah, and he has to go into this dark, under this dark pier, and go in there and find this ball that's missing. And you hear this kid crying that you don't see, and all this, and you see a mom wandering on the beach looking for her kid, holding a happy yeah. meal, and all this stuff. I agree. I, th I think that part was actually well done. The tension was was done well. The pacing was done well. The uh, the Keeping the creature, whatever it was, the clown apparently in the shadows and the pier was done very well. And um, that was actually pretty good. It was, it was effective. Yep. And then you catch the shadow figure on the back wall and stuff. And it was actually well done. Right. Uh, it was by far, if you're going to call this movie scary at all, this was by far the quote-unquote scariest segment of the movie. It's the closest the, one that got scary. To I me, guess you yeah. could say that. Yeah, yeah. to me. To me, yeah. Um, if you're if you're easily scared by movies, this would get you. But if you're a, a horror pro, you'll laugh at it. Yeah, it's, it's just it's a laugher. But uh, as far as you know, as far as I was concerned, this was the best segment of the uh, so-called motion picture. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely the one they put the most money into. 
and the most backing behind because it was one of the longer ones and obviously like i said it's the cover of the uh the cover art it is the, the main feature it's also the longest segment obviously. right right yeah. um and so it's the one that they were banking on the most and it has the one that has the star corbin blue from mm-hmm. high school musical fame so yep uh but uh i I laughed way too much at this segment. I think I was supposed well, to like to be I said, this, this, Yeah, this is... Yeah, and... Uh, and like, as far as I'm concerned, you're not supposed to laugh at horror movies, but it no. just... You just can't help it. No. And there's just so many scenes that just don't make sense. Like the, the scene when they're talking to detectives about the missing boy and the detectives mm-hmm. start having an argument about a past crime that involved what may have been a mime or a clown. It just, it's no reason for that. No, it just got carried away. It's just little, just... I guess it's supposed to make me funny, but... Just it just added stupidity, basically. Yeah. And the, speaking of uh, unnecessary scenes, there's an unnecessary 20-second, quote-unquote, sex scene that just came out of nowhere and didn't lead to anywhere, so why the hell even put it in? Well, it actually... I guess you could say you didn't really need it, but... It kind of lent premise to the ending of yeah, the segment, which is true. That's a good point. Uh, because he, he didn't think about it because he'd already been bitten before that sex scene. And at the end of this, you see her pushing a baby carriage with this child with rather enormous feet. Yeah, so, but <laughs> they, they could have cut it down to about five. All it needed to show was her laying on the bed, him getting on top, fade out. You knew Gone. what the hell was going to yeah, happen. They didn't, didn't have to watch go all on. the rest of it. They, they, they went just far enough to see them sort of grabbing each other, but then they fade out before anything actually happens. I mean, you could have cut it down like 15 seconds and waste, not wasted our time. And I'm honestly surprised that they had that they had it in there at all and they didn't actually show anything because usually these kind of uh, gratuitous horror movies and these yeah. gratuitous scenes actually show a little something right. to keep the audience from basically leaving yeah. or turning it off or whatever like right that, you know and so so uh yeah so he he finds the clown he whoops his ass he eats him he, <laughs> he sends his brother back home That's and awesome. then the next day he's standing outside of an elementary school looking at the kids in the playground nobody notices this six foot tall white afro haired creepy looking clown staring at kids and the cops do show up and so he decides to end his life by suicide by cop. And then the next scene is of the girlfriend pushing a stroller down the street and some kids off screen ask if they can see her kid. And as the camera comes around, you see giant feet in the crib, which look ridiculous again. And she turns around, slaps the kid, and that's the end of the short. Back slaps him. Back and slaps that's him. all she that's wrote. That's all she wrote. So now there's a fucko junior out there. There's somewhere. a fucko junior. So and I hope she does knows? not breastfeed him. Yeah, no kidding. She will not have nipples left. Yep. Well, I guess of for this particular one of Scary or Die, where yeah. do you stand on that one? Doug? I'm gonna go with Scary. I'm gonna go Scary mostly because of the wharf scene. Okay. It was pretty creepy. It 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 was actually good. Um, but also because I laughed more at this segment than any other so I actually enjoyed myself so I'm going to go with scary yep. what about you? I'm going to do the same I'm going with scary as well because like I said that scene had some good quality to it mm-hmm. this one definitely had a better story to it a little yeah. more creep factor Yeah. a little more tension you okay. know 
And uh, so, yeah, I'm definitely going scary with it. You know, and had that definite it feel. Yeah, it a little bit when it came. When it, exactly, yeah. with the whole kids and the clown stuff. You know, this, and that it's scene of the ball going down the the sidewalk by itself, very much. Yep, an homage to it. And, but I mean, so. and again, like we were saying, the also his eye makeup, uh, how it was very triangular, very sharp points, very reminiscent of uh, John Wayne Gacy, but. You know, when you do a clown movie, how can you not pay homage to two of the most well-known clowns out there? Yeah, you know, killer that's clowns, right. I should say, because there were some other well-known clowns that weren't killer clowns. But that is true. So, yeah, that's, I'd say I'm sticking with scary. I'm going with that as well. All right. Well, we so we're one for four. Well, what, <laughs> you're one for four. I am one point five for four because I gave what's that's it called right. an or. I gave uh, Taishung's ah, uh, or. So you gave him an or. Okay. Yeah, so I'm two All for right. one for point five, I guess. All right. So now we got one more short. It's actually very short. It's the last one, and let's uh, give that one a go. Well. Yep. That uh, pretty much does it. The uh, fifth and final segment, I guess you could call it a segment, is very brief, actually, uh, but pretty effective. It wasn't too bad for what it was. The uh, segment's called Lover Come Back. Yep. Very short. Um, would make any man think twice about putting his hands on his woman, I'm going to tell you that. At least one from at least Louisiana. In harm, at least from harm, yeah. Who <laughs> has a granddad who did some mojo on her. Some mojo. Well, basically how it starts out, the woman uh, describes her childhood, how she was protected by her grandfather, was like a voodoo priest or something from Louisiana. Yep. Uh, put some special energy on her, and she grew up, fell in love with this man who eventually just started treating her like shit and slapping her around and beating her up. And I yep. guess uh, at one point comes to the, uh, you know, comes to the boiling point and basically tells him you're done. She's no more messing around, no more catting around, doing whatever. Uh-huh. And he basically chokes the shit out of her. Yep. Kills her. So, and being a low life that he is, puts her in a box and doesn't even bury her. Just puts her in a box in the woods somewhere and just leaves her there. And this one takes place in Louisiana. I think it starts in Louisiana. I'm not sure because that's does. one hell of a walk. Just what she says. She says she's walked from Louisiana to L.A. She's, no, she yeah. says the it's, walk to L.A. was a long one. Ah, that yeah. is true. So apparently the dude not from only... From one L.A. to the other. Right. Not only did, right. He, did he murder her and leave her in a trunk in the swamp, but he also up and moved to the other side of the continental United States. So she decided to walk her ass 2,000 miles with a broken ass heel yep. just to get there and just choke the shit there. out of him. Good for her. <laughs> Good for her. <laughs> hey. That's determination right then there. Then she went back and gets back in the damn box. That part I didn't get, but you know what? It's a fitting end to this whole thing. Just put a lid on it. <laughs> Literally. Literally. Yeah. yeah. So I think what it was, was that she was saying that her grandfather put a, a spell on her, and as long as she was in love, she would never die or something. So when he killed her, I think she still had that bit of love for him, and so she needed to get rid of it. So she yep. had to walk to find him. Once he killed, once she killed him, then that meant the spell was over. So she walked back to her little 
uh, trunk home and went back in so she could go back to being dead. I guess so. So the thing, I, I thought it was a pretty good short. Uh, I like I like the imagery, the cinematography, as far as like where like the scene in the trunk in the swamp and the moon and all the like the mist and everything. It's really neat. Um, and so this is the woman that you see throughout the other shorts. The other shorts, uh, if you look at certain different times in the shorts, you will see a woman sort of ambling in the background or sometimes she's in the foreground but um you see her with one sh with she has two shoes but one heel's broken and but she appears in all the film all the uh yep the all the shorts uh so this is her so apparently uh which i guess would make sense because if that one's in arizona then she, one in she was in the car she was alive and she was in the car there yeah and then the second scene, she was seen walking on a street mm -hmm. in a tunnel. In a tunnel. In a tunnel. Yep. And she was seen walking across a bridge. And the third one, I think right. it was, with the with the dismembered. Dis yeah, dismembered. Yeah. And then the, the, the fourth, clown. The clown. She's in there somewhere, but we didn't we didn't notice where she was at. But I, when I watched it last night, I saw her. I just I wish I had made a, a note of it, but I saw her in clown, but we couldn't find her yep. now. Because I thought she was the lady who was holding, you know, wandering the beach with the Happy Meal. I right, thought that right. was the same lady. Yeah. It might be, might not be. It wasn't credited, so we couldn't verify that. Yeah, I, I think we established it's the same actress, but just in a different role. Because that lady was looking for a kid, which was the kid being eaten under the wharf when Andy went to go look for his ball. That's right. That was a baby that he heard crying. Yep. Yeah. So. But she's in there somewhere. So, but the other... And this is where it kind of, it's like, I don't know, it just kind of annoys the shit out of me. So, <laughs> she's also the person looking on the internet and watching these videos. So, at what point in her hobbit walking journey did she have time to stop at somebody's house and decide to look at the videos I yeah i was it. really just never explained it just basically happened which probably explains the fact that she started uh her hands started normal and she slowly rotted as yeah. the show went on so i'm guessing it's just metaphorical i guess and i mean i guess it's a way to connect like it's, it's it's a mechanism to move between stories but there's no reason to even use her you can just use like the, the idea of just some kids who just wander upon this website and just pick random kind of like VHS the first VHS yep. you know it's a bunch of kids that or it's kids that break into this house to look for a particular VHS that they're hired to do that and in order to find it they have to watch these you know unlabeled VHS tapes to find the right one and so it's a mechanism to get them to watch these different tapes which are the short stories true they could have done that with this with this one just some kids who were spending the night hanging out want a good ghost story they come across the website and they just pick random shorts it doesn't make any sense to have this this woman looking at the internet because at the end, after that last short, you see her hands leave the the computer table, and then it's just a shot of like the doorway entryway looking at the computer table, and then she appears in the in the shot in the doorway, and then she looks at the camera and you see her face is all messed up, and then she closes the door. Boom, that's it. What, like, what? Like, why? What? Yeah. That's like I said. I think she was the element that basically, quote unquote, tied all of the other segments together. She was just like, 
It's one of those random. So she's the crypt keeper for this one. I guess so. The crypt keeper that introduces the keeper each or short. the creep show guy. You know, yeah. that's, as I say, this is more like if if you're if you're gonna describe it, it's a low budget creep show. It's nowhere near the the quality of the first creep show, uh, but it's the same kind of premise, many stories, and all this, right. and they all the kind of semi sort of tie in, right? Yeah, but yeah, like with that so one, you know, the, the comic keeper. book. The dad throws the comic book out. And, right, and, and the creeper and, goes. And every time the up. wind blows, it opens to a separate page to, to segue to the next story and stuff like that. Okay, so, so she's the crypt keeper then. The she's basically she's the, the, yeah, the crypt yeah, keeper. It still doesn't make any damn sense. So. Okay, so last, this last very short short, what do you give it, scary or die? I'm going to give that one a scary too because although short, I thought was very effective and I like okay. the zombie effects. I like that, like I said, the cinematography was great. Yeah. The 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 swamp wandering and the and the the fog and all that. It yeah. had a good creep factor too. Okay. Okay. I thought the makeup effects were good and I yeah. thought that you know, and like I said, it was very short, but that was more of a scary factor. Did it scare me personally? No. No. But it would be scarier to somebody more susceptible to these kinds of movies. I think. Okay. I'm going to give it an or because while I enjoyed the cinematography and I enjoyed the shot of the trunk and the swamp and the makeup effects, it didn't make really a lot of sense because I get that she's uh, undead or whatever, but she walked 2,000 miles to kill this dude and the dude was in the back of a car getting it on with some lady so he couldn't even afford a, a hotel room i guess he was a hooker or something i don't know but and then she ends up going back in the trunk but my biggest like contention with it is that um the makeup effect when she appears in front of him and you see a close-up of her face when you see the face that almost has a very uh, horse or donkey or baboon type of protruded snout um, look to her face, but yeah, then definitely animalistic. Yeah, but then at the nature. end when she when she closes out the internet and she appears in the doorway and you look at her face, it's not the same effect. It just looks yeah. like her nose is missing and like it looks her, rotted. Yeah, it's it doesn't have that decay. protrusion. Yeah, like, yeah, like she's so decaying. But it's yeah, like they can't decide on what makeup effects so that's why i just gave it an or so uh okay so overall the entire movie uh we're gonna do our our scale system now uh so what do you give this movie out of one out of five shits out of one out of five yeah <laughs> okay i personally one through five yeah one being actually not so bad five being, actually being holy shit yes I'm actually going to give Scary or Die three turds. Three turds. Okay. I'm going to give it three turds. All right. And then uh, your reasoning for giving it three turds? Basically because it was a de it was a decent balance of horror, you know, versus stupidity. Okay. You know, it was bad, but it wasn't super bad. Super bad. Okay. I actually in I enjoyed many parts of it. Okay. Uh, and the more I've seen it, and the more I paid attention to some of the other uh, elements that tied together, yeah. it made a little more sense. Okay. So it was actually, it, it, it helped me uh, like the picture better. But yeah, it's still, I put it somewhere in the middle of the suck scale. Okay. <laughs> okay. I also can give it a three as well. Um, I don't think it's as bad as some of the movies I've watched. It's not as good as some of the B and C movies I've watched as far as anthologies. Uh, there's certainly way better anthologies out there, um, but 
it's definitely something I think everybody should see once, if nothing else, for the fucko the clown. Bit. Gotta see fucko the clown. I mean, they probably could have just taken that part out, made it an hour long movie, and it would have been just fine. The clown killing kids, you yeah, know, whatever. Exactly. You know, I mean, exactly. they've done it before; they do it again. But this is more of a, uh, this is more, not so much a supernatural entity like it or a man-made. Uh, monster like John Wayne Gacy. This is some sort of zombie-like, bacterial spreading thing that you know you spread through saliva or whatever. Yeah, they didn't. So ex- they didn't explain his origin. He was just no. there. Yeah, and they basically, like you said, uh, when we looked at it before, they tie the whole premise of the movie around people trying to get away from this clown, but yet he only was part of that one segment. Yeah. So people do need to be aware that the whole movie is not about this killer clown, right. although he is, he's the uh, the climactic chapter of the show basically, oh, shit, but sorry. not. Uh, he's definitely. Uh, yeah, he's, just part of he's it. Not he's not the main focus of it. Yeah, he's not the main focus of the whole thing, but they use him for the draw factor. Right, I think, right. Is what it is for the draw. So, uh, you definitely recommend it for people to see it once. Absolutely, at least. Sure, uh, it's a good movie to, to see with a group of people, um, and just make fun of because it's absolutely, and that's what we're basically going to aim for here. And pretty much every movie that we will probably be reviewing together from here on will probably will be the same thing. We are trying to encourage people to go see these colossal pieces of shit, you know, because even crappy movies need love too. That's right. You know? That's right. So what are you going to do? All right. Well, I think uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to our next colossal piece of shit. Absolutely. And uh, <laughs> once again, I'm Chris. And I'm James. And uh, we will see you guys at the theater. Yep. everything okay whenever you shop meyer you don't just shop for yourself you shop for your entire community you help keep your neighbors well with vaccine clinics and select free prescriptions you help provide specialized care and comfort through health care programs across the midwest whenever you shop meyer you help support a wide variety of programs that keep our communities healthy and thriving thanks for shopping with us learn more at meyer.com Switching to GEICO is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, GEICO makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to GEICO, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, GEICO has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to GEICO. It's obviously a good idea.